0: Hi everybody, this is Jenna, and I am recording my first episode of my podcast that I'm hoping will be uh, something that people other than myself will want to listen to. This is called Left Sided Weakness. It's all things true crime, murder, ghostly, with a medical twist on it because I am an ER nurse. So I hope to make this just a little bit different than your run-of-the-mill murder true crime podcast podcast that's out there that I myself am obsessed with, Um, and that's how I got the idea for this episode. So I am going to give it a go, and hopefully you like it. So yeah, that's where I wanted to go with this, left-sided weakness. Um, I'm obsessed with true crime podcasts, Uh, true crime, murder, ghosts, and healthcare, honestly, that's kind of like what is in my uh, subscribed library. But I like to listen to them like every other um, person, you know, while you're driving home in the dark <laughs> from your shift at work, you know, so that I need to slam the car door and run into the house as fast as I can because it scared the fuck out of me while I was driving. Um, but, anyways, I didn't really come across any podcast that kind of like link the whole healthcare side of it into, you know, I call it the trifecta, ghost, ghostly, true crime, murdery podcast. So, you know, my, like my sister-in-law says, if I don't do it, someone else will. So I have this idea and I'm going to run with it and I hope you like it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just going to dive right in. Cause I mean, I guess, you know, like my favorite saying is about patients. Like they can't get any more dead when you're like doing CPR can only go up from here, right? Like you can only do good things for the patient. So just like with my first podcast episode, uh, it can't get any worse. So I'll just like start from the bottom of the barrel and work my way up. So I did, um, a little bit of research and looking into, kind of like healthcare-related true crime, and it's honestly a very broad field. I could have gone left, right, or sideways with it, but I chose to focus on this one particular nurse that I came across um, in a little country shaped like a a boot called Italy. Um, Her name is Daniela Poggioli. I'm going to butcher so many words in this because I am in no way Italian and I'm trying very hard not to let my lisp take a front seat to this podcast. So anyways, um, this girl is knockin' futs. I mean, she was never from what I could find in any of the articles or websites or um, podcasts or docu series that I watched about her. She was never diagnosed with anything, but I mean, her, like narcissistic is the first thing that comes to mind to me. And also, I don't know. I think I just deem all people who would like murder their patient and then take a selfie with it. Just some sort of like fucking psychopath. I mean, I know I said that I was going to impart some healthcare education in this podcast and all I can come up with is effing psychopath, but trust me, I'm going to, I'm going to get wordy in a little bit <clears throat> if I can get through these notes Anyway, So Daniela, She was born in either 1971 or 1972 in Italy, and honestly, she could have been born in like the 50s because there's just not that much out about her anymore. It's just kind of like the meat and potatoes of her, you know, court hearings and proceedings and stuff. You know, I have a sneaky suspicion that since this was done in the 2000 teens that she probably has like some high profile lawyers that like, you know, got people to delete things off the internet, but... Um, so yeah, she was, and it didn't ever say like a town in Italy that she was born in either that I could find. I'm sure that if anybody listens to this and, you know, wants to comment or leave remarks that they will, and hopefully you're just nice about it. Cause I'm super sensitive and I literally cry if I think people don't like me. So, and it's, and it's not like a sad whimper cry. It's like an angry cry. We'll get into that later. Anyways, so her span of killings, alleged killings, were 2013 and 2014 at a hospital in Lugo, Italy. Now, the name of the hospital, again, like I said, going to get butchered, it was Umberto Il Hospital in Lugo, Italy, which is in Northern Italy. And um, she was 42 years old on the date that she was apprehended, which was October 9th in 2014. She had many nicknames, angel of death, um, savior turned killer, selfie, satanic selfie, like just all these crazy things. And the selfie part comes in and it honestly, as a nurse just makes me so nauseous. Like I just don't even know, like I am super witty and sarcastic and I probably say horrifically inappropriate things at work regarding patients. We all do, especially ER nurses. I mean, come on, let's just call it what it is but this bitch took selfies of dead like of herself with dead people and honestly I don't even really know if I can call it selfies because she made a coworker take the pictures of herself posing next to dead people like one of the pictures was her pointing her finger towards her cheek with her mouth open as if it was like the you know like gun shooting self and head mimicking next to a dead elderly patient of hers. And other ones were like thumbs up and just smiling. And it was like, honestly, I just was like, this can't be real. And when I first saw this, like popped up in my search for a first episode topic, that's what made me go into like, you know, the rabbit hole of late night searches on her. Cause I honestly, I, I've i seen coworkers do some pretty dumb things. Like take a selfie of themselves and there's like, you know, a computer wide open with, you know, all patients names in the department up. That's different than taking a picture with your dead patient. That's just like, you're not a nurse. If you're going to do something like that, you're just really fucked up. If you're going to do something like that anyways, hashtag selfie moving forward. Um, so she has just this wild story. Um, basically she had been a nurse in this unit for like more than 10 years. And, um, she had kind of a mixed pot of people who said that she was like this great nurse and she was highly regarded. And she was the one that everyone went to with their questions and concerns. And can you show me how to do this? And then the other half of her coworkers were like, this bitch is so crazy. We know she's stealing things. We know she's murdering people, but we're afraid to go against her. And like all of her patients die when she is on shift. But it seems like people were kind of noticing things going on for a while and were just like afraid to say anything. I get that. I have witnessed coworkers doing things that are just like not kosher that Just like are not the greatest thing to do at work. And it is seriously a personal conflict to, you know, want to approach management or anything about it. But let me tell you something. If I saw one of my coworkers, you know, murdering a patient and then taking their picture with that dead patient, uh, I for sure wouldn't have any issue going to my old manager and saying, hey, just so you know, this is what's going on. Anywho. Um, I wrote, uh, this brings, don't have your phone out at work to a whole new level as if I was going to have some like, you know, worldly, like punny thing to insert in here, but I clearly don't. So anyways, um, so all the reports that I read alleged that she have she may have killed up to 38 people. Um, allegedly because they just annoy her or had pushy relatives. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, she was arrested on October 9th, 2014. Um, She was arrested after an autopsy of 78-year-old Rosa Calderoni, which this will prove to be um, kind of like the biggest name patient wise in this case. Um, so the autopsy revealed dangerous levels of potassium in her body. Uh, 38 out of 86 of her patients died in a three month period. Now I've seen that number up to 93, that 38 out of 93 of her patients died in a three month period. And I've also seen how she was questioned and being around all 93 of those deaths—that is just wild. I don't—I've been a nurse for 10 years in the ER, and like, you know, a year before that I was on med surge. I for—and sh- I've worked in trauma centers. I for sure have not seen 93 dead people. I don't think I have. I mean, that's over 10 years. Maybe I have. That's just—that number just seems wild to me. I was thinking like maybe 50 would be a lot, but anyways, who knows? I. I don't remember them because that's my poor coping mechanism that I have for the stress of my job. But anyways, moving on. So, yeah, this was only over a two-year period, so she worked fast. No rest for the weary or crazy. Um, So one of the reporters... In the case, um, I can't remember which magazine this was. His it was in shoot. Should have wrote it down. Don't sue me. But they quoted. They were quoted as calling her a quote megalomaniac with a god complex. So she denied having anything to do with the murders, but she did state that the pictures were wrong. Now this was not an admission of remorse, but rather a feeble-minded ploy and an excuse because she stated that the pics weren't supposed to get out. Um, one of her quotes. I think this was in, gosh, what was this in? Daily Mail. Yeah. Okay. So her quote was, yeah, I hear you that it was wrong, but in all fairness, you weren't supposed to see them uh, okay, so great. Good job. Like, yeah, that was wrong, but you know, I would still feel like it was okay if no one saw them. I mean, please, that's like, I'm going to punch you in the face and then say, oh, sorry, I meant to, you know, I didn't mean to do that. Like, you can't apologize for something like that after the fact, like, let's be real. And so I'm sure the judge was like, oh, okay, you may leave now or bad. Uh, really, She looks like such a Karen too, like one of those. May I please speak to the managers? Like she's got this short John and Kate pussy like flock of seagulls, super blonde haircut with the penciled in eyebrows. You know what? She reminds me of y'all. She is totally that patient family member that like just hits the call bell and then stands in the door and stares at people. I guess I shouldn't make that joke because she literally murdered people because they were annoying, like they're the patients and their families. But I mean. Okay. Playing devil's advocate here. Give us like a solid minute to answer a call bell. I mean, if you're on the monitor, we know if you're dying, cause we're going to hear it and see it. But like, if this is something, you know, like I need an ice pack, don't stand in the door, like a Karen with your penciled on eyebrows and your John and Kate plus eight haircut and just stare at us. Anywho tangent over. Sorry. I can be like a squirrel guys. This is why I need to get someone else to be with me on this podcast I'm too nervous and too anxious and too hopped up on wine and anti-anxiety pills right now to do this to have someone else accompany me but I will eventually and hopefully they can hold me back in like you know put the put the, the shiny thing in front of the microphone so that I can trace back anyways see that's what happens back to the story so here's a little secret a little you know secret of the trade as an ER nurse, I can say this with, you know, personal experience. Um, only like one out of a hundred patients aren't annoying, but like, we don't, we don't kill them. You know, none that I know of. I mean, this may be a taboo subject, but like a lot of nurses take drugs for themselves or like to sell or whatever, but like they don't generally, you know, we don't people. Not that I've ever been aware of. Anywho, maybe I'm missing something. I'm probably going to edit that part out. So yeah. Um, so potassium chloride, it is a compound use, used in lethal injections in America. Um, I don't know which other countries use it in lethal injections, but, uh, potassium chloride sucks, man. Like it can get real nasty. First of all, I mean I, it was outlawed decades ago of being just a like straight IV push cuz it's so caustic to veins you know it's either given in those cute little 40 milli equivalent uh packets or tablets first of all I shouldn't say I keep saying first of all I guess this is like ninth of all but I guess I shouldn't say little tablets cuz those things are fucking horse pills like I am more scared of my patient choking on that son of a bitch pill that is, you know, the size of my iPhone and having to finger sweep that shit out than them having any sort of cardiac arrhythmia from a potassium, you know, hypokalemia, hyperkalemia. For all of you who may not be medical people, hypokalemia is too little potassium in your body and hyper is too much. Anyways, um... So, potassium chloride can be very nasty. It's one of the main electrolytes that we look for in your blood work, especially if you're having cardiac issues. Um, so, those 40, those packets, the powder, 40 milli equivalents or 20 usually, um, if someone's potassium is like a little bit low, like generally speaking, 3.2, 3.4 level in your blood is like the the good kind of low and like over 4 over five definitely over five is super dangerous for the levels in your blood so we have these little packets and (laughs) they come they look like the sugar packets that you get at a diner and it's got like this cute little picture of an orange on it and the powder in there of the potassium chloride is orange so I literally always think this is going to taste like orange soda but my patients almost always like fucking gag and rise oh god it's so terrible when I give it to them so I I'm not going to lie, y'all. I tried it once. I did. I, I just tried it and it was, it was salt. It was disgusting. It had nothing, nothing to taste of oranges. I don't know why, just because the color, I don't even know if that's like the real color, but of what the actual compound is, like when it's made in a lab, but I don't know, man, it's a total mindfuck. But anyways, it's disgusting. So I don't know how she would just like drip, drip, drip this into patient's mouth, which is what one article said. Uh, you know, it had to have been like ivy or something or mixed it in their food because, I mean, that shit is gnarly. Anyways, um, so it looks like salt. It tastes like salt. Every nurse knows to dilute it in as little possible of water as you can, because otherwise your patient's not going to drink it. If you put it in like a big old full glass of water, you literally have to mix it like half a shot and just be like, listen, bro, down it. Because I got I got a chart off that I did this. <laughs> the doctor's not going to discharge you until you take this fucking potassium. So yeah. Um, you can't give it straight IV push, like I already said, and it has to be a specific drip rate on like an IV piggyback, because if it goes too fast, your patient will let you know. All you nurses out there right now are going, you yeah, sister, sing it. Like literally, if you don't dilute it with normal saline or put it at a super, super low drip rate to a large bore IV, it burns the fuck out of their arms. And I've even seen like it streak all the way up someone's arm. I mean, it is just nasty, nasty caustic to veins. So here's a little fun fact that I found in my research that I did not know. It can be obtained from ancient dried lake deposits which if anything i would think ocean because of salt but like that's why i'm not a doctor um so potassium is nasty too much or too little can cause serious cardiac issues um you know people vomiting too much or too much diarrhea can waste off their electrolytes and have cardiac abnormalities typically in like the elderly or the young you know not like a normal healthy adult but it can happen i've seen it um, so below 3.0 has been shown to cause QT interval prolongation, um, which as we all know, can lead to that beautiful rhythm called torsades des points, Torsade. I just call it torsades because I, I try to sound French like torsade des points and it just sounds freaking hideous. But anyways, um, so torsades while beautiful on a monitor is fucking deadly and can just lead to like cardiac standstill. So you treat it with potassium to correct it. Makes sense, right? Too little causes this, you know, arrhythmia. Patients may feel fluttering in their chest. They may look like they're having a seizure. You know, it could turn into a systole. Sometimes it just kind of like corrects itself and you give potassium and then you're good. So treat it with potassium above six is worse. So, I have even seen it at like 4.9 for like 4.5 do this on like, you know, dialysis patients, patients who are just like super sick. But, um, so above a 6.0, uh, hyperkalemia, and this is on the Mayo Clinic website, y'all. Um, hyperkalemia causes that beautiful, pretty peaked T wave that makes every nurse's butthole just fucking pucker. Cause when you see that all of a sudden, you know, those rhythms can just change on a dime. So it's like you get this patient and they're not feeling very well and you put them on the monitor and you're like, fuck my life with that EKG. Go get the doctor. Let's, you know, you're gonna, you know, start your IV, your cute little nursey IV and get your blood work. And then the electrolytes come back and you're like, nailed it. So, um, pretty peaked T, peaked t- waves that, um, all of a sudden can just turn to a P wave broadening and eventually that P wave disappears. And then the QRS widens, which turns into hot heart, blo- heart blocks. And then A systole, and y'all that is just like, basically that's so hard to fix and it's so hard to catch. And usually by the time you're seeing these patients, it's like, they're really sick. And it's been like this for a while. So this is what Pogiali, Pogiali, however you say her last name, um, This is what she was doing. She was like overdosing her patients on potassium. So they're having these cardiac arrhythmias and sudden cardiac death. I shouldn't say this is what she was doing. Me personally, I believe that that's what this bitch was doing, but this is all alleged. So, and we'll get to that towards the end when I say the outcome of this story that made me want to punch a hole in the wall. Anyways. Off this rant and back to good old Daniela, because I don't understand how she drips potassium into that. But anyways, I watched the Netflix documentary *Nurses Who Kill*, season one, episode four. She is seen smiling and posing, usually with thumbs up, while patients were either dying or dead. She was also called a misunderstood extrovert. So one of the theories that her def- her defense attorneys um, threw out there for the court, which is like so embarrassing, is that. Oh, she's just so misunderstood. She's a clown. She's a prankster. She's an extrovert. Uh, No. Mm-mm. Nope. She killed people. Anyways, like I said, allegedly, that's just my opinion. Please don't sue me. Um, Dr. Alessandra Cappuccio. I'm not going to even lie. I wrote cappuccino at first, but it's not. Cappuccio from uh, Warwick University stated that she was quite cynical and had an attitude of... They are going to die anyway, so why not make it quicker? Coworkers began to question why everyone was dying when she worked. Um, Daniela was described as um, a selfie-obsessed petty thief. So, you know, for a while, they were even, like, sus- suspecting her of stealing from the patients and stealing from her coworkers. Um, And then it developed into this, like, well, okay, not only is she stealing from them, but they're dying as well. So let's look into that a little bit more closely, too. So more than double the patients started dying on night shift, and it was estimated that she was present at more than 93 deaths. So things began disappearing when she worked, um, cash and belongings from the patients and coworkers. Um, Colleagues says they were... Oh, this is what I wrote. Okay. So... One of she would joke around with her colleagues, like, you know, on the Netflix on the docu series, you know, this it says like this is a dramatic reenactment, which y'all, if you watch this, I mean her the woman that plays Daniela, it looks like a parody. It's they're like they're trying to be serious, and first of all, Daniela's Italian, and they have these like British accents and her wig. Oh, just watch it. Anyways, so. And this I saw in a lot of articles too, so it leads me to believe that it probably is an event that really happened. But so she apparently, like one of her coworkers said, like, "Oh, the A wing is getting so full, like we're packed, we're running out of beds." And she allegedly said to her coworker, "Just give me some potassium chloride, and I'll have the place cleared out in an hour." And the coworker was like, "What? What? Why? No. Why would I do that?" And she was just like, I'm just kidding, you know, cause like you totally joke about that at work. No. Um, so she was also suspected of sedating her patients that were bothersome. Um, listen, I love a good B52, but honestly I will go on record here and say, I've never asked a doctor for sedation for a patient that was just annoying me. I, I'm, I'm the one that annoys the other coworkers that says like, just let them scream. They're not hurting themselves. They're not hurting others. Like, This is their crisis. Just let them go. But I will throw B-52 at someone who's throwing fists at the staff. And yeah, yeah, don't get me started. We'll just go down that rabbit hole another day. So this is terrible. She, this is not the worst of it, but sort of. Some nurses will hear this and be like, oh, fuck her. She deserves the chair, right? So she was suspected of deliberately giving patients laxative before going off shift. So for oncoming nurses to deal with, okay, so mean, but also kind of hilarious. And I wonder, um, this made me wonder when I saw this in the docu-series uh, on Netflix. So I wonder if there were times where she got like a little bit nervous that she was going to get caught or something. Because we all know that lovely medication, k Say it with me. k All Every nurse, every med surgeon or every ICU nurse right now that just heard me say that is like fucking cringing. So k axalate is a medication that you can give orally or like through an NG tube or even rectally <laughs> as an enema for patients who have a super, super high potassium level um, that, that are like stable. So sh- it basically makes you have explosive diarrhea. So I wonder if maybe part of this, uh, of this, like giving laxatives before going off shift. I wonder if some of that was KX late and she was like, fuck, they're going to be doing morning labs and this bitch didn't die tonight, but I gave her a ton of potassium. So here's some KX late and it like wasted it out of her system. So she had lower lab levels and wouldn't get caught. Anyways, that was my first thought. But, um, also, I'm just going to – we're going to have a confession moment here, okay, people? I've totally, totally waited more than once to give KX late to a patient before they go to a floor because there's nothing nice about that cleanup process. And hopefully, none of my ICU friends are listening to this, but I'm just going to – you know, we're just going to have confessional here. Um, Yeah, sorry about that if anyone's listening that has gotten a patient after me. I mean, if they're very ill and they obviously need that treatment course, I'm not going to hold off on it. But if a doctor, if a hospitalist doctor comes in and, like, puts a last-minute order in before they go to a floor, yes, sorry, not going to do it. It's gross. It is a lot of cleanup. I mean, people just shit their brains out with k and it is just, I mean, there's only so much one person can take. We're only human, people. Um... So, I already went over. She allegedly stole cash and belongings from elderly patients. So, when her coworkers started to suspect her for all things missing around the, like, patient's death, uh, management did what every facility does when they want to keep an eye on people. They moved her to days. Um, Now, I went to days on my own, on my own accord. Uh, But I will say, um, for as misbehaved as I still am at work, and for as loud and obnoxious and trucker-mouthed as I am at work, I better behaved than I was at night because all those suits and ties are around you during the day people are watching during the day um so the deaths and the missing things slowed down on nights when she came off nights but here's the kicker they continued on days like she had this god complex of like I'm still gonna do this because like I can and you're not gonna catch me kind of I don't know like Ted Bundy Charlie Manson you know like all these people like these serial killers I just I don't know Edmund Kemper, like all these people are popping into my mind here. But anyways, so we have a sticky finger bandit at the place where I work. And instead of like cash and patient belongings that go missing, it's our Yetis, our Yeti mugs. There is just like a Yeti shelf somewhere in someone's house. I bet you it's like a glass encased, like fancy cabinet that just has about 20 Yetis that have been stolen from our facility. Um, and one of my friends North face, and he made a joke about how like, it's probably at home with your Yetis. Can you just bring it back? If you found it, I wonder if he ever got that back, but anyways, yeah. So I guess it, I guess it happens everywhere, but just not to Daniela's caliber. So according to a 2014 online article at firstpost.com prosecutor, Alessandro Mancini was quoted as saying about Pogiali. When she was feeling diabolic, she would ply the patient's veins with potassium to kill them. Potassium hurts. It's just like a mean way to do it. I think about like, you know, a bed bound little old lady. To me, I don't know for sure. I tried to find like what floor specifically she worked on, but to me, this sounds like a med surge floor and all those people are there for a while and they're pretty sick and they're total care. You know, if they're kind of circling through the drain like you want to give them comfort care if they're end of life You palliative care is all about you know exiting this world with like dignity and ethics and like you know it's a huge ethical debate but comfort that's why it's called comfort care you don't inject like so her whole theory that that she joked about was that like all well, these people are old and sick and gonna die anyway so why not make it faster that hurts potassium hurts in the vein like that made me sad to hear that So there is a natural level of potassium in the body. And after a few days, it's gone. You know, mostly, if you have too much and you're stable in your system, then it can just kind of like normalize over a few days. You know, there are those cardiac patients that come in that need interventions, need ICU, yada, yada, yada. But after they arrested her, they found a selfie with her thumbs up next to a dead patient. Yeah, factor. All right, so... Like I said before, Rosa Calderoni, she was most famous for Rosa. This was her, this was, um, the only, this was her Rosa and one other name that I could find the patients that were named in like many, many articles. Um, she was admitted for diabetic issues and on one of her selfies that Daniela took, She posted a picture on WhatsApp with the caption, brr, mm, la vida y la muerte, mm," which basically means brr, mm, life and death. mm." I mean, you want to tell me this bitch is innocent? Like, that's so fucked up. So the best part of this story, I just don't even want to say it. I feel like she's going to come for me. Um, She is out. She still has her license. I could not find anywhere where they disbarred her, took her from the register of professions or anything. Um, I hope someone listens to this and has some information on it and can tell me, like, no, they took her license because, woof, woof, if that's the case. Um So in 2016, she was sent to life in prison but acquitted July of the following year. They couldn't. Prove it because of such a stupid technicality with Rosa Calderoni. So with Rosa, let me find my notes here on her. (laughs) Um, So Manuela Alci, which was Rosa's daughter, told investigators that a blonde nurse asked them to leave the room. Now, this is all on the Daily Mail. A blonde nurse asked them to leave the room and because she has things uh, because she has things to do. After 10 minutes, the family returned and saw a glass vial. Now, I'm pretty sure they meant vial. It was spelled and everything, P-H-I-A-L, and I'm just, I didn't look into it, but I'm just assuming they mean vial in, like, Italy or something. Um, after 10 minutes, they returned and saw a glass, of, a glass vial attached to Rosa that wasn't there before, and it ran out a few minutes later. She immediately noticed her mother's arm, quote, twitching manically, and, quote, her eyes started rolling back. And then a few minutes later, she was dead. It was discovered that in the hospital later that two vials of potassium chloride had gone missing. Um, Apparently, it is very hard to detect potassium chloride in the blood because it leaves the body so quickly. But since they were already suspicious of Daniela when um, Rosa's death occurred, they... Acted quickly. Doctors acted quickly, and they tested her aqueous humor. I actually had to look that up. I did not know what aqueous humor was. And y'all, ugh, it is your eyeball fluid. Apparently, it stays there longer than it stays in any other area of the body. Now, those are some smart fucking people that that were like, "Let's let's test this bitch's eyeballs." I shouldn't say that, Rosa. R.I.P. Let's test her eyeballs. Um, and it's easier just easiest to detect there. They found a level that experts say would have caused heart attack. So they also found these vials in the wastebasket next to her bed. So they found like a vial and tubing in Rosa's wastebasket next to her bed. So they took it. They tested it. It was one of the missing vials. It had not been ordered on her by any physician and it had Poljali's fingerprints on it. So like smoke king gun like smoking gun smoking gun but she had like already left for the day or something so they couldn't prove i don't i don't even know like they could so she when they found this tubing and stuff she had already left for the day like her shift was over and rosa died on the next nurse's shift so somehow the defense wiggled in and got to use that as a way to get her acquitted. Anyways, makes me sick. Because, like, come on. She did it. Again, personal opinion. So, her boyfriend at the time was a mechanic named Luigi Confic- Configioni. Uh, they lived together in a flat, in a rundown hamlet of Gioveca. In the hinterland between Bologna and Ravenna, They posted a picture of this place where they lived and it's, I mean, it's shabby. So, not that that has anything to do with anything, but it was rough. So, she was released and exonerated in 2017, like I said earlier. She even tried to sue the hospital for, like, wrongful termination and sue some co-workers for, like, slander. I mean, pfft. I didn't see where it went anywhere. I hope to God a judge just like lit it on fire. Um, So the arresting officer, I should move this up forward. So the arresting officer was quoted as saying she didn't react like a normal person. She was calm. She didn't bat an eyelid while her boyfriend burst into tears saying, I don't believe it. So as of now, she's finally laying low. Like as far as I could find these days, I cannot find anything. Um, Wicked Intentions is another podcast that I listened to and they covered her. Um, Her boyfriend believed that she was guilty and broke up with her. She is described as thriving on attention. She was always looking for people to be laughing at her. So the weirdest thing is she's so narcissistic and such like with Charlie Manson, remember, he had all those followers that when he was in prison, they just, like, wanted to marry him and stuff. This happened to Pogliari, Poggiali. So, the lead magistrate investigating her case, Alessandro Mancini, said, we believe she is sound of mind, but simply took satisfaction and real pleasure in killing. She allegedly told a doctor regarding a patient with a poor prognosis, two vials of potassium, and it will all be dissolved. Resolved. A colleague found... This is fucked up. So one of her coworkers tried to, like, snitch on her. And, you know, snitches get stitches. Snitches end up in ditches, whatever that saying is. Um, so she narked on her and said, like, hey, I'm noticing A, B, and C. And they must have confronted her about it. And somehow she found out it was this one coworker. And this colleague found a funeral bouquet with black ribbon on her car and a mafia-style warning. So, I mean, come on. According to Daily Mail UK, um, she admitted the pics were wrong but denied the murder. She blamed a fellow coworker for not keeping the pictures private. Um, she was present at 93 deaths in two years. She was quoted in the Daily Mail as stating, It wasn't my idea, but that of my colleague who took the photos. Also, I never could have imagined they would be circulated. Okay, so I didn't do it. They made me do it. I didn't want to get caught. I'm only sorry because I got caught. Um, she would have been if she if she was jailed for this, like if her sentence was to be carried out and she wasn't acquitted, she would have been the world's most prolific serial killer nurse. So the current record holder is Charles Cullen, who was suspected in up to 400 deaths, but admitted to only 40. I'll cover him someday, maybe next week if I ever finish this one. Uh, While she was in jail, she was receiving fan mail and even marriage proposals. And oh, she loved it, loved it. She even got the attention from Amanda Knox groupies, which was that I'm pretty sure she was an American student in Italy that was accused of killing her roommate. If anyone out there is listening to this, write me some comments. Um, So co-workers are quoted as saying that they gossiped about her and how strange it was, but they were Afraid of reporting anything because it's such a huge accusation. In one 24-hour period in 2014, three unexplained deaths occurred overnight on March thir- 31st and April 1st. One suspicious case of victim was Oriana Krecha who died on March 31st. Her primary nurse was asked to check her leaking NG tube, which is like a tube that goes down your nose into your stomach. It's used to, you know, decompress a bowel obstruction. Um, it can be used for bowel emptying in a bowel obstruction or for feeding in a very sick person, you know, pills and food. Um, the primary nurse was tied up in a procedure. So Pojali offered to do this. So, the patient died moments later after Pojali was just supposed to check a leaking feeding tube. I mean, usually that's like a suction issue or it's not in place and like you fix it Um, or it's backing up and the patient's getting pneumonia. So there could be a million things, but it certainly is in no way, shape or form fatal, especially if it's already been established. Like if it's leaking, that means that stuff has already been infusing in it. Like it's not like she was inserting one. Even so inserting one, You know, even if you drop it into someone's lung, you just notice that they get hypoxic and pull it out. Like, you're not going to kill them, though, if you drop it in their lung. But anyway, so this patient died. Um, Two or more patients died in her care on April 4th and April 5th. Autopsies were performed, but nothing unusual was found. That's wild, y'all. My most favorite part of this case is how they show her walking into her court hearings and she's literally just like smiling and posing for the cameras and like hi I'm Daniela everybody take my picture because I'm going to get off on this yeah so it's a pretty screwed up case um, I'm going to wrap it up here because I don't really know how to have a discussion with myself about the case I'm sure I have oh I know I have a lot of editing to do Um, probably within the next couple days but if you liked my story, send me a tweet at lsweaknesspc. Send me an email at leftsidedweakness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Check out my Instagram, leftsidedweakness at leftsidedweakness. And let me know what you think. Um, until then, sayonara. Pretty sure that's how they say it in Italy, right? No. No, I'm going to go with Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Bye.